The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. And... We have a fantastic show today. I have been counting the days. The name of this episode today is Reconnecting You With Your Health. Isn't that huge? Isn't that just what what we want to do? And today I am interviewing Dr. Troy Munson. Dr. Munson has been practicing for over 20 years as a wellness chiropractor. Before attending chiropractic school, he worked in his parents' health food store from the age of 10 until 21. All told, Dr. Munson has been working in the healthcare world for over 30 years. Dr. Munson has postgraduate training in nutrition, response testing, morphogenic field technique, hormone balancing, and a certification in addictionology. He is a family man who enjoys spending time with his wife, Jeannie, and their kids, Raven and Silas. The Munson family also enjoys hiking and biking, and Dr. Munson and his wife have a passion for sports and play soccer and volleyball together. The Munsons love to read and homeschool their children. I am so honored to have you here today, Dr. Munson. Thank you so much. Paula, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And I would love to begin today, just tell us a little bit about what drove you to what you're doing and the passion of, of why you do what you do. Absolutely. Paula, when I was nine years old, something profound and tragic happened to me. I, I got a severe concussion. I was riding my bicycle in my neighbor's gravel driveway and slipped and fell as a new rider and hit my head hard. Threw up all the way to the hospital. They kept me overnight and it seemed like everything was okay after that. But I began to notice that at the end of, of fourth grade I, I couldn't hear very well. I couldn't concentrate. And when I went to school the next school year at a new school up here in Washington State the teacher said, hey, could you read this for me? And I went to read it thinking I could read. And all of a sudden, I realized I could not read. And I'd lost the ability to read. And my grandparents were kind of familiar with the whole situation. And they recommended that I go to see this doctor that was this natural healing doctor up in Seattle. So this is back in 1979. 
And I remember that when that doctor got done with me, that something amazing had happened to me. Because the last six months of my life had been kind of a blur. And at that point, when I got done with that appointment, I remember telling my mother, whatever that guy just did to me, I'm going to do. And so I felt a profound shift inside of me in my power. So it's why in our office, we believe that everybody is powerful and that good health is the power to be, the power to do, and the power to have everything you want in life. And so we help people achieve their power, get back their power by correcting neurology and restoring nutrition, which then corrects hormones as well as now and naturally eliminates toxicity. Yes. So that's what we do. And it's a joy every day. That is amazing. That is amazing. And Troy, you are here today to tell us about health. So let's begin. Break that down for us. What truly is health? God, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> Love it. You. Health itself is, you know, we talk about this word, but we don't, we don't really understand what it means. And so if I give you an example, we have somebody who, let's say, is mowing their yard. And it's not very exerting. They've got a, a mower that they just basically walk behind. How much of their energy, so to speak, or their body are they using? Let's compare them to a, uh, an Olympic athlete that's demanding 100, 110% of their body's capacity and capability. Most of us don't ever demand that much out of us. And so we're using 30, 40% of that. And at some point in time, it, it breaks. But we thought we were healthy before it breaks. And so our, our body seems to be healthy, even though we just simply feel good. So if you and I, Paula, we, we get up from here and we have a, a cordless microphone and we start walking down the street. We can do this in any city in the world. And everybody we stop, we ask them, how do I know you're healthy? 90% of them are going to answer this way. They're going to answer and say, well, uh, I guess if I feel good, I must be healthy. That's, that's what, what so many of us would think. That's our guideline. We do. It's, it's how we feel. And yet, if I give an example of this, this person mowing the yard, and they, they immediately drop down having a heart attack, they weren't really exerting themselves, but all of a sudden they exceeded their small ability of capacity of their body that had been slowly decreasing over time. And they think that all of a sudden they got unhealthy. And I ask people, how long does it take for a heart to break down and wear out? It takes years. And so we've, we've also heard these, these people like triathletes. We think, wow, you know, here's these amazing athletes that demand so much out of their body. And yet we hear about them in the news dropping dead of a heart attack. Yes. And we wonder, well, aren't they healthy? Because the day before, if we would have met this person and they said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this triathlon. And we would have looked at them and said, wow, you are so healthy. And we would have mistaken health, or rather, excuse me, fitness or being fit for health. Because they're not synonymous. I mean, think about that. If, if being fit were health, then every triathlete, every marathoner, they should live forever. They could eat McDonald's, they could eat, you know, energy drinks and, and all kinds of crazy things, and they would just continue to stay healthy. 
but we know innately that that's not true. So here we have a heart attack person. They felt okay, then all of a sudden they had a heart attack. We know it took time, but let's give another example that can be a little bit more insidious. Um, we know people out there that have diabetes. And so if we were, good, we were to go to a diabetic and let's say they were on metformin or they were taking insulin um, or they were taking some other uh, glucose monitoring or regulating drug and they were doing it as they were directed by their doctor, how should they feel? They Ho should feel good. Hopefully, yes. So would we say that they were healthy? No, they have a disease. They have diabetes. Yes. And so we know that they're not healthy. But let's switch gears, and, and we've all done this one. How many of us have gone to bed feeling okay one day, and you woke up with a flu or a cold the next day? Yes, exactly. We've all, we've all done this. Well, did the virus or bacteria jump on us that night and damage us and give us a cold, like we were led to believe? That's or, what we think. Yeah, or did our immune system go down day after day, week after week, month after month, sometimes year after year, until finally... It allowed me to catch the flu, but not you. Mm -hmm. Which way did it happen? Did it happen the first way? Did it jump on us? Or did it happen the second way? Slow degenerative change. We all know the answer to this. It's a slow progression. And so many of us believe that viruses and bacteria are going to jump on us or we're going to touch a door handle and it's going to make us sick. And that's not true. If I give you a couple of examples, we know the bubonic plague. How many people died? A third of the population. So it's 33% lethal. Was it 100%? No, wasn't 100% lethal. Why did 70% of the people live? Because they were healthier than the 30%. Ebola. Everybody's afraid of Ebola. What's the lethality of Ebola? It's 50%. It's not 100% like we're led. Well, why do 50% of the people live through getting Ebola and 50% don't? Yeah. And it all has to do with inside inside it's how strong is your body so today what we want to do is we want to give a, a couple of examples of how we can begin to enhance our health right now yeah. something simple something effective and something that we can all do and we're going to talk about those things so a quick question doctor yeah. so if we go to bed and we wake up the next morning and we have that flu do we look at that as okay that's a red flag I need to investigate and figure out what is going on inside of me. One would think that would happen, but because we believe or have been taught that this is this outside in effect, right. we feel helpless. We've given away our power. And so we don't question it. We just deal with it. And we'll run to get something to handle a symptom. Right. We will, won't we? Yes. Make me feel better. That's what we all want. And so let's then go to maybe a little bit tougher example. There's going to be a thousand women this month that are going to go to a routine gynecological appointment called a mammogram. And they're going to get a diagnosis they didn't know they had nor never wanted. Now, how did they feel when they walked into that appointment? They felt fine. fine. But how did they feel when they walked out? No, not so good. Not so good. So here we have four people. We have a heart attack person. We have a flu person, we have a diabetic, and we have a cancer patient. So what are the three things that these people have in common? How did they all feel? They all felt 
good, what did they think about their health? That it was good because they, they felt good. Yeah, they thought their health was good. Now, this third thing is the tough thing. What was the third thing they all had in common? How were their bodies performing? They weren't functioning well. So it had nothing to do with feeling, but it had everything to do with function. So in your life, if you start asking the question, not feeling, but function, you're now getting closer and closer to determining health. And what is your health potential? So if function is so important, here's the rub. If we ask all these people on the street and we say it's, it's function and they realize, oh my gosh, you're right, it's function. How would I know you're functioning well? Those 90% of those people will jump right back into the other F word. They'll say, well, if I'm functioning well, I must be feeling well. And they'll jump right back to feeling. We cannot use feeling as a barometer of health. That's the key. So now the question becomes, how do I know I'm functioning well? So what are some functional things about the body that we could look at that would give us an idea of how well the health is? We could look at, how do we sleep? Okay, so what's good functioning sleep? Now, I'll give you a clue. When we were young, we probably didn't wake up hardly at all. Maybe once to go to the bathroom and we slept, you know, 10, 10 hours. Yes. Well, I can tell you my kids rarely if ever get up at night to go to the bathroom and they sleep 10 hours. And so we know that it's not getting up at night. And so if we sleep all the way through the night, we know that we're getting good functional sleep and that's restorative and our health is probably doing pretty well. At least that's one aspect. Yeah. Another aspect would be, how is my energy during the day? My energy, hey, it's great all day. It doesn't lag at 2 and 3 in the afternoon. I don't have to drink an energy drink. I get up and I feel like getting up. At night, I'm starting to, starting to wear out like I should and go to bed. I'm not ramping up and feeling the best of the day at the end of the day, which many people do. And so how is your energy level all day? Well, we could look at how's, how's your digestion? How's elimination? What's the packaging, so to speak? All those things become important as looking at inside the body of how function is happening. Now I could use a blood test. Some people out there might have thought, well, a blood test, you could use a blood test. Yeah, but that's not very specific. Blood tests are a range that's fairly broad. It's including a lot of people. But within that, that range of, of quote-unquote normal, there's a narrow band that's actually ideal. So within blood tests, I tell people, if you have blood tests, you can do them regularly. But if you start to fall out of what your normative values are, because you'll be one or two or three points, you know, give or take. But as soon as you start bumping out of that, your norm, you need to be doing something now. Not until you get out of the medical profession's norm. That's catastrophic. Oh. So there's always a good way and a bad way to look at blood tests. Yes. Be so, aware of what your norm is. Mm -hmm. So let's say I check my blood pressure. Well, now that's a functional assessment. But my blood pressure is going to be different from yours, Paula. Right. We're two different people. Your norm is going to be different than my norm. But we have a range. Hey, we want to be somewhere around 120 over 80. Okay, well, that's a baseline. But most people that are in top health, physically active, good diet, handling stress, I get them about 105 over 70. You know, that's, that's pretty good blood pressure. You know, too low is not good, too high is not good. So again, another functional assessment. So these are things we need to evaluate or at least look at much more carefully than going off of how do I feel. 
So that's health in kind of a nutshell. So moving from health, we have to determine now what controls health really in the body. What absolutely controls health? I ask this question of a lot of groups that I speak, speak with. I speak to corporations, to students, to, to all kinds of, of folks. And the one thing that we don't realize is that health is controlled and regulated inside the body. And so that control comes from the neurology. So when I talked in the beginning that we help correct neurology, there's a reason why we do that. Your brain is controlling and coordinating all functions and all systems in the body so they do things correctly together. And that is profound. So how can we take care of our nervous system? Yes. yes. That's, that's where we want to go. Yes. Oh, I love that. And let's take a moment now to break for a commercial. And uh, Dr. Munson, when we come back, let's go right into that. Perfect. I love it. Okay, everyone, we will be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Reconnecting You with Your Health. That is our topic today, and I have the honor of Dr. Troy Munson and he is sharing so much fantastic information. And when we just finished this first segment, if you're just joining us, uh, Dr. Munson was getting ready to discuss 
neurology. But before we do that, Troy, I would love to ask you, you know, with, with so much in our health fields and that, in our area, but yet how do we rank compared to other countries in health? Yeah, that's, oh. that's a fantastic question because it's quite profound. I mean, as Americans, we think that we're the best at everything. Yes. And that as, as in terms of health, we must be right up there. But when we compare ourselves to all the industrialized countries, which I think there's over 150 of them, we rank number 72nd. Wow. I mean, we are way down. And yet, who spends the most on health care? We do. Us. We spend four times more on healthcare than the second place country's healthcare. So whoever's right behind us in terms of spending, we spend four times more than they do. And if money were health, then we would absolutely be the healthiest. Yes. So in our country, we don't actually have a healthcare system. We have what we call a sick care system. Because what do we do? We only go to the doctor when we're sick. We're sick. And we want something for the symptom. Yes. So if we work only on symptoms, we score at 72nd. Because here's why. Let's say I go to the doctor and he says, you know what, Troy, you have high blood pressure and we're gonna put you on a medication and we're gonna bring it under control. Now, nowhere did he ever ask me, I wonder why. All he did was he looked at the value and he said, I don't like it. My educated mind says that's not good. So I'm going to bring it under control with the medication. Now, he brings my blood pressure under control, and now it reads within normal values. And so that normal, do I believe I'm now healthy? I do, actually. I kind of have yes. some comfort there. Yes. But ultimately, if I go off that medication, what happens to my blood pressure? It goes off balance. It goes back up. Mm -hmm. So what he's actually doing is he's maintaining a disease process in my body covertly. Because now the test is negative. My blood pressure is normal. Is that healthy? No, we know that's no. not healthy at all. And so we're kind of getting this idea of, hey, if I treat symptoms, what do I produce in terms of health? I produce 72nd. Now, here's the kicker. In terms of emergency care, like let's say you fall off of a, of a building, a small building, and hurt yourself, or you're getting an auto accident. What country do you want to be in? The U.S.? You want to be in the U.S., because where do we rank in terms of emergency care? We rank number one. So why do we rank number one in terms of emergency care, but number 72nd in terms of health care? Well, we've explored the 72nd. We get it. If we treat symptoms, we, are, we have a problem. But let's say I'm a skier, and I'm skiing down the slopes, and I hit a patch of ice, I lose balance, and my thigh impacts a tree. And my femur is now handily broken. It's sticking out of my leg. And so the medics rush to me. Well slowly on a ski slope, but they rushed me and they see obvious bone sticking out of my pant leg and they realize that, okay, obvious problem here. The first thing they want to do is, is staunch the blood flow. You know, that's their first concern. The next is they want to take the two ends of the bone and they want to stick them right end to end back in my leg. Why do they want to approximate the two bones back where they originally were? It's that word we kept talking about in the first segment. We talked about it's all about function. So if we stick those two ends of the bone together, we increase function or we're restoring function. So then they now push the, the muscle tissue back together in my leg and they start sewing it up. 
they're restoring function. function. Then they push the fat together, sew it up, once again restoring function. Last, the skin goes together and they sew up the skin, restoring function. So when I focus on restoring function, where do I rank in terms of healthcare? I rank number one. Yes. But if I don't, if, I, if I'm concerned with symptoms, I don't do well. So if we understand that function is, is primary and that the one system that controls and coordinates all function is our brain and nervous system, then that's the system we need to be looking at constantly in terms of health. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yes. I can look at an organ, but ultimately that organ was controlled by something and it's called our brain. So if we look at our brain, our brain is the hard drive. It, it houses all the programming. Now, the monitor and the keyboard in this computer scenario is both, it is, it is one and the same, it's our body. The environment is tapping on our body as like a keyboard, inputting into our nervous system. Everything that happens to us in our body, in our life, we're, we're feeling and experiencing through our nervous system. We always have. Every taste, every touch, every smell, every sight, every sound. Think about it. That's all nervous system driven. And we don't even think about it. No. Never have. And so that's how vitally important. But also the body is now the window or the monitor of the internal system. We can look at the body and say, whoa, the skin is not, not smooth. There's some things going on inside. Hey, it looks like there's um, some skin color issues. It looks like the eyes are not doing so well. It looks like your tongue is like this. It looks like your, your bowels are doing this. It looks like your skin is cracked. Your muscles are tight. You're inflexible. All these things are symptom of a nervous system not going or doing well. So here we have this problem. Well, what are we going to do about it? That yes. becomes the question. Yes. So how do we begin balancing neurology? Well, as a chiropractor, it now makes perfect sense as we've, we've logically thought about this. Well, my gosh, I need to go to a chiropractor. I need to have my, my nervous system balanced so it can communicate smoothly and efficiently and effectively with all my tissues. Be it, what is everybody left, led to believe about chiropractic? Oh, that's for back pain. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That is the belief. It is. Oh, that's for headaches. Yes. Oh, that's for sinus stuff you know, or, or neck pain. Well, it is for those things, but when we correct the spine and nervous system, which is what we do, we watch the entire health of the individual unfold and begin to improve. It's so much fun to have somebody come in and they say, I have mid-back pain, and I say, do you have gallbladder problems? You mean like the surgery I had four years ago to have it out? Yeah, that would be it. And we, they start to realize that their mid-back was controlling their gallbladder that was actually the reason why I went bad. Or we have a low back complaint, like so many of my clients, and they start getting their low back adjusted, and they feel better there, but all of a sudden they come in and say, I don't have IBS anymore. I don't have Crohn's. My symptoms are way less. My bowels are working better. And those that all of a sudden they realize their neck pain, when we start working on them, that their neck pain goes away because their body starts to heal naturally, but now all of a sudden they don't have sinus problems. Their allergies that have plagued them are almost gone. Oh my goodness. Their blood pressure is better. What am, what am I doing? What are you doing to me, doctor, they'll ask. And I've just handled the first step in their road to health. 
I've just handled their neurology. So now I've got this system that's communicating. It's on fire to heal. Our natural state is one of health. Think about that. The body's design is to be healthy. It doesn't want sickness. That's not its design. If all things are equal and, and every cell has a great nerve supply and great nutrient supply from the blood, it will indeed be healthy. So every cell in our body wants two things. They want great nerve supply and they want great nutrient or blood supply. They all must have that. And so here we've explored the neurology and now we've grasped it. Now it's time to move on to something more, more to my passion, which is the nutrition, nutrition side. And so I'm gonna give you a very simple thing that you can do today to profoundly impact your nutritional state. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. So most of us, our favorite foods, if we think about our favorite foods right now, if you just for a moment think about what's your favorite food, Paula may ask, what's your favorite food? Quinoa. Quinoa, I got it. quinoa. So if you had any food in the whole world, you would want to do quinoa. Yes. Got it. You're among the anomaly. <laughs> Everybody else is going to say, I'll take a donut. Yes, I I'll, know. I'll eat chocolate cake or a piece of chocolate. Uh, I would love a piece of bread and butter, you know, or potato chips. All of us have a favorite food. And so the vast majority of us, that, that favorite food is going to be a carbohydrate. Yes. Because it tastes so good. But the thing with carbohydrates is, is that we don't store any carbs in the body. And, and I say that, and, and ultimately we store two hours worth of carbs in the body. So it's a very short amount of, of storage. And the reason is, is because carbs are supposed to be used for emergencies. So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's jump back 200 years. Did we have grocery stores on every corner? Nope. No. Didn't have that. Um, we had to carry a lot of our food with us, or we had to have uh, root cellars and make sure that we had plenty of food because we couldn't just go run to the store. You know, we had a horse trip somewhere. We had to pull a uh, buggy for two hours to get to the general store and stock up on everything and take it home. And ultimately, it wasn't a lot of flour. We couldn't go to the bakery every day. We couldn't, uh, you know, do all these things that we do in our society right now. We didn't have access to all these carbohydrates. Our body was never designed to store carbs. It was always designed to store fat. And the reason that is, is if any one of us starts licking a lollipop, you know, we go for it. We, we have a nice big lollipop and we start licking it. Halfway through the lollipop, how does our tongue feel? It's raw. You know, it's irritated. It might even be cracked. It might even be painful. And so that's what sugar is doing to our tongue. So we talk about diabetes a little bit before, and it's why sugar is so important in the blood to be maintained because too much, it just slices up the tissue. Yes, be, I, because I'm wondering if it's doing that to our tongue, what's it doing to us on the inside? Indeed. So we can't store carbs. We can't store sugars. So our, our body takes these sugars and recombines them and makes fat. So we can store fat because fat isn't irritating to the system. And so that's our design. We store fat and we burn it really, really well. But in the presence of sugar constantly, we don't do that. Now, for some of you out there that are thinking, how do I lose weight? This is going to be a, an, a, an amazing epiphany for you. Every time we eat sugar and we have to spike insulin, we have now totally stopped burning fat. 
you cannot burn fat in the presence of insulin. Oh my goodness. Shuts it down. So as the more carbs we eat, guess what? Never going to happen weight loss. We're never going to burn that fat. And so if we want to, to hedge our bets on burning fat, we have to control the amount of carbs that we eat. And so some people out there thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to recommend a, a, weird, a weird diet that's like no carb. No, but I want you to understand how carbs work. And so as we jump into carbs, it's, it's a heavy-duty topic because it goes, it goes in so many different directions. So let's just start with the basics here. We don't, we don't store carbs. We store fat. We burn carbs really, really fast, and we make most of our energy from it. So in the cell, we make energy molecules that are stored up to be used to make proteins, to make hormones, to run cell functions, to run our muscles, to run all of that. So we can burn sugar quite well when we're exercising. But when it comes to just sitting around and eating carbs and not doing much, we now start converting them to fat and storing. That's our body's design. We're going to save it for later. So here's what carbs require. If we want to understand truly what it takes to, to process a carbohydrate in our body, we have to look at where they come from. So let's do a quick rundown of what are common carbs, because people hear this word carbohydrate and they have an idea of maybe it's bread, bread. maybe it's, it's pasta. It is those things, but it's also any starch. So here's the, here's the common list of carbs. All the grains, and here's a tricky one. People all the time believe corn is a vegetable. It's not, it's a grain. And so corn is a grain, so all grains are carbs. All the people all the time, well, I eat organic bread. I get it, but it's still a carb. It is? It is. It might be a better carb for you, but it's still a carb. So do we want to overdo it? No, we really don't. So we have breads, we have corn, we have oats, we have potatoes. Potatoes are starch. So why are potatoes so tough as a vegetable for us to eat because of starch? What does that mean to us? It means if we look at a sweet potato, which is sugar, or a carrot, which is, which is a sugar, they're, they're not starches. Starches are densely packed sugar molecules. They're, they're close, if we could say, to fiber, but fiber is so densely packed sugar molecules, our body can't break it apart. So a cow will eat grass, and it will tear apart molecules of sugar off of fiber, because fiber is densely packed sugar. That's what it is. Yeah. But we can't get at it, so we don't count fiber. But we have to count sugars and starches and, and those things. Now, I have to ask, I'm a little confused. Mm -hmm. You know, carrots are a vegetable, but carrots are also a sugar? They have sugar in them, just plain uh -huh. sugar, not a starch. Gotcha. And so that's why people will hear that they're a high glycemic index. Well, they are because they do have sugar, but potatoes are off the chart. Because when we densely pack... Um, sugar into a starch, as soon as water hits it, it explodes into millions of molecules of sugar. So in a, like a lollipop or a carrot, I'm peeling off a sugar at a time. Now I can do it pretty quickly. So it's, yes. it's a fair amount of sugar. But a starch, as soon as it hits water, oh my goodness. The difference is, Paula, if I told you, hey, I've got a, a gross of, of uh, firecrackers. I bought you know, a big box of firecrackers. You know, I can't store this in my apartment. Can you store it at your house for me? And you think, ah, sure, it's kind of a weird request, but I could do that. That's a carrot. That's a sweet potato. 
But now I say, you know what, Paula, I've got this, uh, got this 10 megaton warhead. I, you know, my, my covenants in my neighborhood say I can't store any warheads in my, in my house. Could you store this at your house for me? What's your, what's your response? Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> exactly. No way. <laughs> and so here we have a potato that's like a, a 10 megaton warhead. Sugar oh, my gosh. It explodes into millions of molecules of sugar instantly. Oh. And so it overloads us. And our body tries to burn up all the sugar and make as much energy as it can from it before it starts converting it to fat. And if I also, in, two, in, in addition, had a bunch of butter yes. on that potato, now I've yes. eaten a bunch of fat that my body is absolutely not going to burn. And now it's going to store all of it as fat. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So combination becomes important. It's a key. So we've yes. scratched the surface here. Yes. Oh, Troy, this is so fascinating. Oh, my gosh. Well, everyone, I'm afraid we have to pop out for a commercial. But we will be back with Dr. Munson. This is so fascinating. Oh, Doctor, thank you so much. This is so fantastic. It's fun. See everyone in just a moment. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories, as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just joining us, I'm with Dr. Troy Munson and... He is sharing so much amazing information with us on health. And before we went into break, doctor, you were discussing the fat-carb relationship. I would love you to expand on that a little bit for us, please. Sure. So this may be a new, a new understanding for some of you out there that this is why we gain weight, is we eat 
we eat meals that are combined with fats and carbs both. Our body really easily burns sugar and it loves to do it and it do is, does it very, very effectively. Fat takes a little bit more time. Fat has to go into the liver, get converted to sugar, and then kicked out so that we can burn it. We don't just technically burn fat. So we store fat really well and if we have too much sugar, we'll convert that to fat and store it. And when we stop eating carbs, we now start to dip into our fat stores to burn that fat, but it has to go through the liver to do it. And so that's part of, of having a healthy liver, having a healthy system, having it all working right so that we can do that effectively. And I'm going to give you an example here. Why do people have, end up having gallbladder issues when they start losing lots of weight? Because their liver was sluggish to begin with, and that's what's been responsible for trying to convert the fat on their body when they really started doing some dieting and low-calorie stuff, and maybe they stopped or eliminated a lot of carbs, and now their gallbladder got in trouble because it was the bile was becoming more and more thickened. Bile becomes sluggish because of too much estrogens, and fat contains a lot of estrogens. Estrogen makes fat, and fat makes estrogen. This will become even more important as we go into the, the hormone side of, of eating lots of carbs. So let's say we eat a lot of carbs, mm -hmm. and we want to just cut back on that. Should we do a drastic change, or is it better for our body to do a slow change? That's a great question. Uh, it really depends on the individual. Some people are kind of a cold turkey kind of mentality. They can just go for it. Most of us, even myself included, I reduced carbs for about six months, just kept weaning off and weaning off until finally I, I spent a couple weeks not doing any. I would design meals and just simply not do any and then begin to bring them back in and I would start to feel when too many carbs, when I ate too many, and I would say, okay, how many did I eat that meal? Okay, I had 22 grams. That's way too many for me. And each person will be a little different, but I tell people as a ballpark, 20 grams per meal is probably about the, as much as you want to do. But some of you might find, you know what, 12 is too many for me. Or I can do 25 and I'm still okay. How you'll know is fatigue. We're okay. so tired because it takes so much energy to burn a carb. And right before break I said, let's explore where carbs come from and what they look like. Yes. So if we look at sugar, just plain sugar, we got it from... Um, sugar cane. Now, way back, you and I probably remember, some of our, our listeners probably don't remember this, um, but some of them will. C and H. Yes, Pure yes. cane sugar, you know. <laughs> and we would get sugar. Well, what does pure cane sugar look like? What color is it? Well, most people think, uh, it's white. Yes. It's not. It's brown. Why is sugar brown? Well, the, the companies that wanted the sugar and they didn't want the brown in it, they said, hey, can we process out this, where the brown stuff is and just get the white granulated sugar because we want to put it in pop and, and other things and sell it to market. And they said, sure, so we can process all that granulated sugar out. And they did. And they were left over with this thick, tarry black stuff. We call it molasses. Wow. So everything to help our body handle that granulated sugar was in molasses. And we took it out. And now we have white granulated sugar. So we removed all the raw nutrients to process our body to help process that sugar. And now we wonder why we're depleting ourselves of all these minerals, nutrients, and vitamins. Because yes. we're eating it as it wasn't intended. Yes. So that's how carbs depletes the body. It's basically holes in your bucket. And as you dump sugar in, it's just dumping out minerals, calcium, magnesium, all the trace minerals, B vitamins. So it's why we feel fatigued and other, oh my other things. Gosh. So that's where that's eating huge. lots of sugar happens. Yes. So... You know, we have a body that's depleted of nutrients because we've eaten carbs most of our life, and now we wonder why we don't feel well.
Because what does every cell want? It wants a great nerve supply and a great nutrient blood supply. And it yes. doesn't get it. So now we have dysfunction rampant in all cells of the body, every organ. But we feel okay because they're still functioning at 40% and we only use 30% like we talked about. So when we bump up and try to use more, everything breaks. So now that I went on a diet and I tried to lose a lot of fat, my gallbladder breaks. Wow. You know, other things break. Yes. I wonder why we don't feel so good. So this is where we're at. So I want to I briefly go into the hormone side. Let's understand what, what carbs do. So I'm hungry. I eat sugar. I reach for a donut. My blood sugar spikes. Does my blood like having that much sugar in it? No, we already talked about that lollipop thing. And so it wants to crash blood sugar. Well, what hormone does that? Insulin. We all know that. I mean, it, hormone, insulin's a hormone. So it jumps out there and it shoves, it shoves sugar in every cell of the body. Well, it does it pretty indiscriminately and now our blood sugar crashes. And when our blood sugar crashes, there's a gland that has to come into the rescue. And it produces cortisol, and we know it as our adrenals. And so the more sugar we eat, the more we crash our adrenals, how fatigued are we? More fatigued. That's why the fatigue happens when we eat carbs. So where does the cortisol come from, from the adrenals? Well, the adrenals are supposed to monitor things like progesterone in a woman's body, testosterone, other things, and we'll take our sex hormones that make us feel powerful, and we'll convert it to cortisol because we're under stress when the body is low blood sugar. That's stressful to it. So when we're stressed, our body's natural response is to take sex hormones because we don't want you to have a kid when you're stressed. If you can't feed you, you can't feed a kid. We're gonna take your sex hormones so you don't feel like having sex wow. because you shouldn't procreate because you can't feed yourself. Wow. Isn't it interesting Amazing. how the body is made? Is made. This oh. is the design. So as our blood sugar remains unstable, we continually deplete our, our sex hormones. We feel worse. We don't feel powerful, we feel impotent, and we just don't, don't like anything. We become apathetic, and we wonder how do we get out of this. We don't want to exercise, we don't want to do anything, we don't want to interact with people. It shuts us down in so many ways. That's the hormone side. So if you haven't, at this point, got a fairly good distaste for carbs yet, there's not much more I can do for you. Because yes. if you want to feel powerful, if you want to feel vital, if you want to feel energetic and have a, a fantastic life experience, you're probably going to start to think, I need to limit carbs. Yes. I need to be doing this in my lifestyle. And it's, it's that important. Yes. So as we begin to do that, now all of a sudden we start bumping up fat, bumping up a little bit of protein, but a lot of vegetables. Now fruit's a biggie, because fruit's what? It's sugar. And so people say, well, can I at least have sugar? I said, as long as you count it as a dessert. Count the carbs in it. A medium apple is 15 grams of carbs. So count fruit as, as a carb. Mm -hmm. You should. If you're going to do minimum amounts of fruit, fine. But if you're really going to say, I love fruit, then I want you to eat twice as much vegetables by weight as fruit by weight. So here's a question. Sure. I make a morning smoothie every morning. Yep. This is telling me that I want to limit how much fruit I put in my smoothie. Yeah. Where yeah. I've been in the mindset, more fruit the better. Sure. And I would do fruit to taste. So let's say you say, okay, I'm going to have a carrot. I'm going to have a couple sprigs of, of uh, celery. I'm going to use some kohlrabi. I'm going to use some, uh, oh, you could even put a little bit of beet, which would be excellent. Yes. You could put a turnip in there. You know, maybe some kale and spinach. Mm -hmm. And you're going to blend it all up and say, okay, this is not very palatable. Let me add a quarter of an orange. 
let me add a quarter of an apple. Ah, it's perfect now. Or maybe instead of the apple, you throw in a, a quarter cup of blueberries. Ah, it's just sweet enough for me. Perfect. Maybe you throw a little protein powder in there too, some whey yes. protein that's, that's reputable. Wonderful. That's a great smoothie. But even more so, I'd say start out first thing in the morning with even like a protein only, like a, a hard-boiled egg would be excellent. Some nuts or seeds would be excellent. We just depleted protein because we repaired all night. Well, let's give back the body some protein first. Let's give it back the nutrients it's lacking right now. And nuts and seeds and a hard-boiled egg, those fit the bill very nicely. Excellent. Excellent. So little um, tweaks. This is, this is fascinating. Um, so basically, our health really can just, it can go away. And so tell us how stress can affect our health. Sure. Stress is, stress is the thing that we think is bad. But I'll ask people when I, when I do my talks, I say, imagine if your life was, there was no stress. And a lot of people in the audience will say, oh, I'd be heavenly. I said, well, this is what your day would be like. Every day you would get up at the exact same time. You would do the exact same things. You would eat the exact same stuff. You would have the exact same conversations. It would never vary. You'd drive the exact same car to work in the exact same traffic. You would get off work at the exact same time, same traffic driving home. You'd, you'd watch the exact same show, same episode every day and go to bed at the exact same time. Same time. Does that sound like a fun time to you? It sounds pretty boring to me. Yeah. So yes. we could, if we could remove all stress, we would have to alter life so that nothing ever changed. Life is inherently stressful. It's changing. But that gives us the wonderment and the joy of life because it does change. It's an experience. Yeah. So as we begin to not make life the enemy and stress the enemy, but begin to adapt and allow our body to adapt to it because it's supposed to. That's that nervous system thing. As those cells function well and they're communicating with the brain correctly, we now adapt well. And so stress isn't the, isn't the enemy. We just need to be able to adapt to it. And that becomes very, very important for all of us to experience everything in life. And so when we want to get back power, we have to be be understanding of the things in life because that's part of that power thing. When we begin to correct neurology, I watch people and they tell me, you know what, I'm happier. Now, is that weird? I'm easier at forgiving people. Yes. I now feel like I have a spiritual connection even. It's stronger. And so as we watch the body get healthier, our brain get better in tuned, we watch everything in life become more beautiful, more profound, oh. more excellent. Oh. It's, it's a life worth living, really. That's, oh. that's the awesome part. That is so fascinating. That is so fascinating. Gosh. Well, we are down to just a, a couple more minutes of the show. Could you please share with the listeners a little bit of your contact information and then perhaps just a few inspirational words of what they should take with them today? What, the, what mindset, what thought? I'm going to start doing this starting today. Perfect. Uh, at this point, if, if, if you're out there and you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is what I need. This is what I've been waiting for. I see people all over the country, America-wise. Uh, and if, if you want to contact me, people call my office. The number is 360-893-8586. And you can make an appointment. We'll meet with you over the phone. We do consultations that way. I, I ask lots of questions because you have all the answers for me and how to help you get better. 
you've heard some of the insights here of how to start determining maybe how your health has gone down. And so you'll have a lot of insights for us as well. Uh, online, if you wish to follow us on Facebook, Ording Chiropractic, that's O-R-T-I-N-G. It's a small town in, in Washington. So Ording Chiropractic uh, on Facebook, if you look us up, you'll find us. Uh, you'll see a picture of me and my family right there on the front. Uh, if you wish to, to contact me directly on Facebook, it's Dr. Troy Munson on Facebook. Um, and, you know, when you call, we'd love to, love to work with you and, and help you restore your, your health. If I were you right now and I was beginning this process of change or wanted to do some of the more specific things, I would really work on carbs. I would find yourself a chiropractor, a wellness chiropractor that's reputable in your area. Ask around. Interview them just like you would an employee. Because technically, as you, when you call me, I explain to my clients, I'm your employee. I work for you. And so I need to know what you need to accomplish and want to accomplish, not what I think you should do. So wherever you are, no matter how, how short a distance you want to travel health or how far you want to have travel health, I can help you go any distance you wish to go. Oh, oh, Dr. Munson, this has been just an unbelievably wonderful show. Paul, just, I've, I've totally enjoyed myself. Oh, I, I, love, I love your show, and I just, you're a great host, and I appreciate everything you do. Thank you so much. I, I am so grateful. We are just thrilled to have you on the show, and, and perhaps we can do another one down the road. And I would I, love it. I want to say to all our listeners out there, thank you for joining us and love, hugs, and blessings. And doctor, love, hugs, and blessings to you as well. I accept them fully. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Goodbye, everyone, and see you next week. Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.